0: Good morning, everybody. You can be seated if you would, please. I think we ought to give a great big hand to our worship team. Don't they do a great job? Thank you, guys. Hey, I just want to give you a little bit of an update for, uh, we're starting on my message today, but uh, Endeavor, the project is moving forward at a massive rate. We have a dumpster out front. Some of you guys might be contractors. If so, please forgive me, but, oh, contractors, we love you. And uh, we are pushing. We are begging. We are threatening. We are pleading. We are trying to get it to move forward. It's going to happen. One day we're going to look back and go, ha, ha, look how good this is. But for today, we're just pressing forward. So thank you to everybody who is uh, standing with us on this and um, helping us move forward with Endeavor. It's going to be absolutely amazing. Hey, I want to uh, dive into the book of Hebrews today. We're in a series called Better uh, that is built out of the book of Hebrews. And uh, today I want to talk about a subject that I think is so vital and I think it's so important. I would really like to pray even before we begin today. So if you would take a moment and join me. Uh, Father, as we come before you today, uh, we are aware that the Holy Spirit is the one who reveals Jesus. The Holy Spirit is the one who reveals spiritual truth to us. It comes by revelation. And I'm praying today uh, that you will take the words I say and go way beyond them and cause an aha moment to arise in every person as we search your word today. In Jesus' name, somebody say amen. Amen. I want to talk about entering God's rest, entering God's rest and uh, a couple verses to start us off here Hebrews 4 verse 1 therefore let us fear if while a promise remains everybody say a promise remains a promise remains of entering his rest any one of you may seem to have come short of it for indeed we have had good news preached to us just as they And remembering this is a passage of scripture that is talking about uh, um, a piece of history for Old Testament Israel. They, that's what they're talking about also. But the word they heard did not profit them because it was not united by faith in those who heard. There's uh, an equation that is involved in this that I... I think is simple and yet powerful and that is this God's promises plus our faith equals something the Bible calls rest Uh, the promise of God when it is joined with our faith brings us into a place that is called rest now the thing I love about the Bible is it is a book full of promises that relate to every arena of our life. There are promises for uh, healing. There are promises for provision. There are promises for peace. Uh, There are promises for family. There's promises really for just about, uh, really for every arena of life. The Bible is a book of promises. Some people read the Bible as a book of commandments, only and there are commandments in the bible for sure but i would like to focus on this idea for a moment today that god has given us a promise for every arena of our life and if we will locate the promise of god for our life or for what we're facing or for an arena of our life there's something about adding our faith our believing to that promise that brings us into a place called rest second peter 1 3 says this seeing that his divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness so no matter what arena of life and no matter what's going on in your relationship with the lord through the true knowledge of him jesus who called us by his own glory, by his own excellence. For by these, his glory and excellence, he has granted to us his precious and magnificent promises. Everybody say promises. In order that by those promises, you might become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world by lust. Living the Christian life is literally entering into a land of promises. And it's not our performance that earns us those promises. It uh, It is actually the goodness of God that gives those promises to our life. It's when our faith can receive or apprehend the promise of God as mine. When there's something within your soul, within your spirit, within your heart, within your faith that says, that's mine, not just a general promise, but there's a promise that rings true inside of you and you go, that's mine. And I think a lot of people still misunderstand what Christianity is about, and they they think it's about performance, they think it's about behavior, and definitely good behavior comes out of good believing. But I just want to encourage you to recognize that we walk by faith in the promise of God. We live by faith in the promise of God. The Bible says we go from faith to faith we end up literally becoming what we really believe. What we really believe about life, God, ourselves, the way life is supposed to be, eventually touches our uh, behavior. It touches what happens in our world. And this idea of... of Adding our faith, adding our believing to the promise of God is a powerful combination. I think some people get the cart before the horse with this thing, because if you were to ask the man on the street, the woman on the street, um, how does somebody get to go to heaven? Uh, they, would, they would say, well, you got to be nice. Uh, you got to be loving to your neighbor. Uh, you got to quit kicking the dog. You can kick the cat. That's okay. But don't you got to quit kicking the dog and and they would build it on behavior as the way to become a christian but we all know that the bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of god and the only way that you and i are ever going to get to go to heaven is not by us being good enough it's by embracing jesus death on the cross in our place. That he gives us his righteousness so i don't i don't perform or behave to become a christian i believe in what jesus has done for me and that makes me act like a christian and uh that believing is a powerful thing Martin Luther said this, it's faith alone that saves, but the faith that saves is never really alone. So, in other words, there's something in a person that says, I'm believing, I'm clinging to Jesus, I'm holding on to his righteousness, I'm holding on to the fact that I'm loved by God. And out of that comes a person who says, I want to worship. I want to pray i want to serve i want to be involved in the great commission i want to be involved in what god's doing in the earth i want to serve god there's a want to that's born inside of us so so we we got to know this is that we're not doing enough for god to love us he's already chosen to love us it's not like he decides to love me on on the merit of my behavior because i mean you know some days your behavior is great and some days your behavior is not come on some days your attitude is fantastic some days is not and and the love of god doesn't change because of my behavior because of my attitude he's chosen to love unconditionally my life your life really everyone's life and it's when I really believe that and receive his love that I can live from the place of being love not trying to earn the love of God i'm so i'm not performing ever to earn a promise from god i'm not i don't perform to be anointed Uh, the truth is god anoints my life just like he anoints your life and that anointing that help of the holy spirit for your life to to live what god's called you to live i believe and my life starts to line up with it so whether the promise is for joy or whether the promise is for peace or whether the promise is for favor or whether the promises for abundance in life, or whether the promises for grace, all of these things are ours, not because we've earned them by our behavior, but they're ours because God's given them to us, gift promises from our Father. That faith says, yes, that's mine, yes, I receive it for myself. So this is a story that is being looked at in the Old Testament. Israel, the nation of Israel, had a promise from God. Their promise was there's a land that's flowing with milk and honey. It's yours. Go get it. So 12 spies were sent out to kind of scope out the situation and put a game plan together. They were supposed to go figure out uh, how are we going to do this how are we're going to go about taking this city and moving into god's best the problem was 10 of those spies came back with a negative report 10 of those spies came back focused on the obstacle they were focused on their own smallness right they called themselves grasshoppers they were, they were focused on why this can't happen. And the truth is, there really were obstacles. And they really were kind of small. And there really were reasons not. But they came back with what we'll see in a moment the Bible calls an evil report. And those 10 spread a spirit of uncertainty and fear throughout the church. They were they were talking. They were Facebooking. They were private messaging. Thank God that doesn't happen anymore. God called it evil. Two came back with an entirely different outlook. Two came back and said, we can do this. God's going to help us. God's given us a promise. Let's go. So 10 came back focused on obstacles, and why not? And two came back focused on promises, on potential, on possibilities and the Bible said that even before they'd actually taken the land God was pleased with the two because they believed but he was unhappy with the two, with the 10 who said we can't do this We'll back up a couple of verses and, 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 and move into this whole concept. But Hebrews 3 verse 7 says, Therefore, just as the Holy Spirit says, today if you hear his voice, I want to say that faith is born out of a sound. Yeah. Yeah. It you you hear something. I think that's why it's important to be in church, because we're bombarded with negativity, with all kinds of things going on in this world, and sometimes you hear something in a message, or maybe you're reading your Bible, and something, there's just a word that kind of arises in you. You just, you hear this sound, and there's something in you that goes, I think I can do this. I think God wants me to do this. I think, I, I think this is possible. I hope that happens to you. Every Sunday, when you come to church here, that you walk out of here going, I can do this. I can make it through another week. I can actually do better than just make it. I can thrive in this next week. Today, if you hear his voice, it comes from a sound that you hear. There is a sound of faith, there is a sound of discouragement, there is a sound of defeat. THERE IS A SOUND OF VICTORY. EVERYBODY OKAY SO FAR TODAY? THERE IS A SOUND THAT COMES. THE BIBLE SAYS, uh, ROMANS 10, 17, FAITH COMES FROM HEARING, HEARING BY THE WORD OF CHRIST. SOMETHING ABOUT HEARING, NOT HAVING HEARD, BUT HEARING, LIKE NOW, TODAY. What we don't want to do is let our Christian life get old and crusty and stale and back on the good old days. These are the good. I might even call them old days. These are the good now days. But there's something about when faith comes by hearing now, listening Now, it's a current thing going on inside of us. I really believe that if we're not in the mode of leaning into and believing for something, we're stalled out. Because I think God is wanting to take us higher and further, farther than he's ever taken us before. And when a promise comes, the promise I hear today is speaking to the potential of my tomorrow so I'm looking out into my tomorrow and there's a promise from God that defines what that tomorrow looks like and there's something in my spirit something in my heart something in my faith something in the on the inside of me that goes I think we could do this I think we could step into it so Hebrews 3 verse 8 says so don't harden your hearts As when they provoked me as in the day of trial in the wilderness see i really believe this this concept of faith this concept of believing is a matter of the heart it's not so much a head thing it's a heart thing because your head is going to try to figure out how but your head can't always figure out how but there's something in your spirit that goes yes I'm going to step into this. And then your head can align with that eventually. But if you live all in your head, you're going to be trapped by all the circumstances, the latest report from CNN, the latest set of struggles and obstacles and difficulties. And I'm not, uh, believe me, I'm not into tossing our brains out at all. I think i think we need to be as smart as we can possibly be but i just know this that if you get too much in your head and not enough in your heart you're not going to get there you're you're not going to enter into what god has because your head will all make up all the reasons why you can't why those giants are so big and why those those walls are so thick and why this is so impossible and why i'm barely enough nobody in my family's ever been barely enough you don't know what i come from and god says i want to take you into something new and you don't get there by just figuring it out working it out on your calculator you just if you do that you just wear yourself out and wear out everybody that's around you So, moving on in Hebrews 3, it says, So, where your fathers tried me by testing me, they saw my works for 40 years. Therefore, I was angry with this generation, and I said, They always go astray in their heart, and they don't know my ways. So, I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Everybody say, rest. Take care, brethren, lest there should be in any one of you an evil, unbelieving heart and falling away from the living God. I think it's interesting here because we have this tendency to be more concerned with behavior and we call behavior evil or good. But The thing God was most concerned with with Israel was the condition of their heart. And he said... An evil, an unbelieving heart is evil in the sight of God. We're concerned with behavior. God's concerned with believing. Because right believing eventually results in right behaving, but right behaving can still find you in a small, trapped, contained place because you don't believe there's anything more for you so what we really believe is shaping our lives in an immense way so hebrews 319 we'll move on with this so he says so we see they were not able to enter because Of unbelief so therefore let us fear have a healthy respect that while a promise remains of entering his rest any one of you should seem to have come short of it for we indeed have had good news preached to us just as they also but the word they heard did not profit them because it was not united, joined with faith in those who heard. For we who have believed enter that rest. Just as he had said, as I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest, although his works were finished from the foundation of the world. So he says a promise remains for us to enter his rest. What I think is intriguing about this passage of scripture and what it's teaching us is that the same word was spoken to a group of people one group profited by that word because they joined faith with it another sitting in the same service at church heard a word and had the wrong filter on. one person got encouraged and another person got cynical yeah. good. the promise given was the same for everyone yeah. but one person heard one thing and another person heard another thing Every one of you should have the wonderful opportunity of standing up here and giving an, an offering talk. Because the promise... So my wife is up here telling us about the promise of heaven, that if we would honor God with our tithe... THE WINDOWS OF HEAVEN WOULD BE OPEN. NOW, SOMEBODY WITH A FILTER OF FAITH GOES, YES. SOMEBODY WITH A FILTER OF NEGATIVITY GOES, WHAT YOU TALKING ABOUT, WILLIS? (laughs) IT'S POSSIBLE FOR YOU TO BE LIVING IN A SET OF CIRCUMSTANCES that is guiding every thought of your life but there's something about having a spirit of faith that can lift your life by adding that faith to the promise of god so one person two of the twelve had a filter of faith the ten Had a filter of, oh, my circumstances. 10 had a filter of, oh, my inadequacy. How many of you know that your, what you, I'm gonna say your faith, but I I wanna say it another way. What you really believe is your filter. What you really believe. Is your filter and if we can line our believing up with the promises of God it brings us into this place the Bible calls rest because I think a lot of our world is not living in rest I think a lot of our world is living stressed a lot of our world is is living struggling Striving, trying too hard, in competition. And the Bible promises, the promise still remains, that we can live in a place called rest. Jesus had this encounter with a couple of guys, Matthew chapter 9, verse 27. As Jesus passed on from there, two blind men followed him, crying out, saying, Have mercy! I've been waiting for the bus all day. Um, some of you understand that, some don't. Have mercy on us, son of David. After he had come into the house, the blind men came up to him, and Jesus said to them, Do you believe? that I'm able to do this. They said to him, "Yes, Lord." He touched their eyes and, and this powerful phrase, "Be it done to you according to your faith. Be it done to you according to the way you believe. Let it come into being for you." The way you believe. Let it happen for you the way you believe. Let it happen to you for you the way you believe. No shortage of healing power from Jesus. No shortage of anything from God promises for every arena of life but let it be done for you according to the way you believe i I love this passage in the message matthew 9 29 it says become what you believe and i think that's true for uh, all of our life our entire lives are shaped by what we really believe what, what you believe about God, what you believe about his word, what you believe about his promises, what you believe about yourself, you will become what you believe. Your faith will shape your world. So really, like what do you believe about God? Do you believe God's a good God who loves to bless, who loves to help, who's for you? Or do you believe that God is perpetually aggravated and just waiting for you to slip up so that he could lay into you, that he's always upset with you and constantly working on correcting you? What do you believe about God? Because what you believe about God makes a huge difference. I'm not saying we can make up a picture of God. I'm talking about marrying your believing with the promises of God. What do you believe about life? Like, really? Do you believe life is abundant? Do you believe that there's more than enough? Do you believe that God has set abundance into this planet and into the spiritual realm and that you never have to live in a place of shortage? Do you believe life is abundant or do you believe life is limited? It's small. It's parceled out as pieces of a pie. And if somebody else gets a piece of the pie, then I don't get my piece of the pie. But if you believe that God has more than enough for them to get their flow and you to get your flow and them to get their flow. God's not ever running short. What do you believe? What do you believe? Do you believe life is about maintenance or about living on mission? Because what you really believe is shaping your life. What do you really believe about yourself? Like, who who are you In him what do you have in him because if you see yourself as a giant killer you're gonna kill a few but if you see yourself as a grasshopper you're gonna get squashed in life am I preaching this okay I'm I'm just gonna encourage you to Consider your filter well I say what I say today so what what do you believe about about money? do you think there's a lot of money out there and it just flows or do you believe that it's very limited and it's a small thing and only a little bit of it can actually get to you what do you what do you, do you believe that you can be generous or do you believe that you better hang on to it watch your filter do you believe large do you believe small are you trying to move to more generosity or is your believing moving you to more stingy amen pastor Kirk just keep preaching the bible to us i'm just saying uh, i'm just i'm i'm literally this concept is so profound what you believe is your life what do you believe about relationships do you believe that all men are evil that we know that all men are just after one thing a ham sandwich. And uh, (laughs) what do you believe? Because what you believe is creating your world. Do you believe that and that relationships are a blessing and that God sends people into your life and they're a part of the destiny fulfillment team? Or do you believe that Everybody's out to rip you off, so you better be careful. You better be on guard. You better not let anybody take advantage of you. Because what you really believe is ultimately shaping your life. Yeah, Second Corinthians 5, 7 says we walk by faith, not by sight. We navigate by faith. Our navigation system is something that's happening on the inside of us, connected to a promise of God that is beyond just responding to what I see, to what I hear. It's even beyond responding to what I feel. We're creating our own life by what's going on inside of us. We shape our lives by what we really believe about the promise of God we who believe the Bible says have entered into something called rest now when you know when you hear the word rest you're, the place your mind first goes to is like this this is what I'm gonna be doing in about three or four hours I'm gonna be laying on my couch the golf tournament will be on TV and I'll be slobbering on a pillow that's what I'm going to be doing this afternoon, if God is still good, and he is. <laughs> but really, this idea of, of rest is God saying, here's your promise, Israel, now go take the territory, because they were operating out of something on the inside. It wasn't just kick back, sit in the chair, wait for the check to show up in the mail, but there was something within their soul. So Hebrews 4.4 4 says, for he has said somewhere concerning the seventh day, God rested on the seventh day. So six days, God created everything. On the seventh day, he rested from all his works. And again, in this passage, they're not gonna enter my rest. So here's what I want you to think about. God created everything in six days. He put, he he set everything into motion. All the laws of nature were set into motion. All the laws that govern the spiritual realm were set into motion in six days. And at the end of it, after it was all created, God said, this is good. It's all good. Everybody say, it's all good. He created it all good. Uh, there's been some corruption take place but I just want you to know God created it all good right and at the end of the six days of setting everything in motion all the laws that govern life all the laws that govern relationship that govern money that govern temperatures that govern everything God set it into motion all the laws that govern the spiritual realm God set it into motion He then moves into this mode called his rest. But we all know that God hasn't stopped moving. God hasn't stopped doing things. He's still reaching out to people to draw them into salvation, He's still reaching out to heal people. He's still reaching out to heal marriages and to heal families. In other words, God has kept on doing things over and over. We see all these pictures in the Old Testament of miraculous things that God did. All these pictures in the New Testament of the miraculous things that God has done. And he does it from the place of finished. He does it from the place of rest. God's rest is, it's a place where we've stopped striving, but we're still moving. It's a place where we're not straining, we're not struggling, but we're operating out of rest. It's not a a place of inactivity. It's... It's learning to live from it is finished rather than striving for. It's learning to receive rather than constantly trying to earn. And it's easy for your soul to slip out of this place called rest so I'm not trying to be saved I am saved and (laughs) but now I'm living from the place of saved I'm not trying to get the victory I've got the victory I'm not fighting for victory, I'm fighting from victory. Listen, I'm not trying to get the favor of God on my life. I'm living from the favor of God. He created the place of favor, and if, if somehow my believing can go, yes, mine, not just generic, but yes, it's, I'm not trying to prosper, I am prosperous, the promise of God is everything you set your hand to will prosper, well, I don't know if I really believe that. God's promise plus your faith equals rest. Entering into his rest is entering into what he's promised. It's entering into a world that has been created by his word, a world that's been created by his promise. And from that place, I'm reaching. (laughs) I'm fighting the good fight of faith. I'm making my decisions. I'm choosing. I'm working. I'm interacting with people. I'm looking at life. One last verse, well, actually, second to last verse, Hebrews 4.10, the one who's entered his rest has also himself also rested from his works, as God did from his. When we enter His rest, we rest from our own works and enter into His works. I would say categorically, without any question, whatever blessing or favor or, if you will, success that I have experienced in my life, I would 100% attribute to the idea that I have bought into promises from God and put the whole weight of my life on them. So we stand up here week after week and say, come on guys, enter into worship, it'll change your world. Have a prayer life, it'll change your world. Honor God with your tithe, it will open the windows of heaven over your life, it will. And I can just say, I mean... 40 plus years, I promise you, it will open the windows of heaven over your life. And if if we could submit and rest in the promise of God, they're like waves. Waves, you don't make waves, you catch waves. Matthew 11, let me close with this idea, 28. Come to me, Everybody who's weary, heavy-laden, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. You will find rest for your soul, for my yoke is easy, and my burden is light." Wow! I love this analogy I've used for many years giving your life to jesus is like getting in the canoe and getting in the water and i think so many people keep picking the canoe up and trying to carry it they try to carry the weight of it all and and the truth is the real secret is get in the canoe and let it carry you that's where you find rest for your soul i want to pray today i want you to bow your heads please and close your eyes father Today, we just come and say thank you for the incredible life you promised to us. Thank you for the promises of God, those precious and magnificent promises that pertain to all of life. Father, I'm praying right now, today, for for maybe someone who is trying to get this, I'm praying for an aha moment to happen within them. I'm praying that every one of us will have this God is good and wants to bring good into my life moment. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed, can I just invite you into this? Maybe you've never just surrendered your life to Jesus. I would love to pray with you. Let's let's get that journey started. Maybe you're here today, and the truth is you used to be close to the Lord, but you're not today where you want to be, where you could be where you know you should be. Today would be a great day just to come back. Or maybe you feel unsure, unsteady, you lack confidence about where you really stand with God. I just want to pray that I don't want anybody to leave this room. Without that sense of strong confidence, my life is in the hands of God. So if that's you, you want to give your life to Christ, or you want to come back, or you just want to say, I just want to feel sure, feel confident, would you pray for me, Pastor? I want you to lift your hand all over this room. Come on, just signal to God, signal, let me see what's going on with you. Come on, this this is not about you getting your act together, this is about you surrendering. Anybody else? Thank you. Hands all over the room. Thank you so much. God bless you. God bless you. Thanks. Thank you. Hey, let's pray this prayer together. This is for everybody that's in the room, but really this is for those who raise their hands. But I'd like for us all to pray. Everybody say, Lord Jesus, I open my life to your love, to your Lordship. I need you. I want you in my world as my Lord. I know I've sinned. I come to the cross where you've paid the price for my forgiveness. Today is a fresh start. It's a new beginning as I surrender to you. Help me become the person you created me to be. Amen. Come on, can we thank the Lord? man.